Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. Is this really as good as it gets? Because it's still not good enough. Mackey and Judd. Make us believe again. You don't owe it to yourselves. You owe it to us. On 1500 ESPN. Puck is stolen. Here's a chance. Ehlers. Breakaway moves in. A backhand shot. He scores! Nikolai Ehlers steals a puck inside that Minnesota line and beats out. Alex Stalock with a backhand, and Winnipeg quickly leads it 2-0 to start this third. Started heading up the ice, and I uh, saw Granny cut him behind, and I just put it too soft. I got to put that harder back there so um, he can skate onto that and beat that guy. And that, was, uh, that was my fault. It, um, it sucks. I <laughs> don't really have any much much more to say than that. I, I know that was my fault tonight, and uh, I just got man up and own it and try to move on and it's frustrating and you know you know you let your teammates down like that on on a play that uh you know i could routinely make it's uh it's like a interception and like a pick six like guy runs it back oh, to sad was. matt dumba after a loss last night at the x should have been sad i was sad uh, I had to watch it. We're going to give away Wild Blackhawks tickets, eighth row seats, in about a half hour. So just keep listening. We'll tell you how we're going to we're going to make you earn it. Uh, and yes, Judd is popping his Blackhawks hooded sweatshirt right now. I love this hooded sweatshirt. Okay, this is a bit of an intervention in that I felt like you were pretty worked up. It wasn't like an all-in Judd rant off the top of the show, but you were pretty worked no. up about Matt Dumba's play and the Wild losing another game. The Wild sit last place in the Central Division, although Chicago has been struggling too. They're only two points ahead of the Wild. They played two more games. So um, it's a bit muddled, but their last place in their division, we're an eighth of the way through the season. Yep. They're missing their star player for the last five years in Zach Parisi. He's not going to play until at least like January, maybe February, and who knows what's going to happen in the recovery back surgery. You've had a bunch of injuries. You don't have that top star player like uh, you know some of the other teams you're chasing do. My question to you is, what are your expectations for this wild team the rest of the season? And if they are low, are we going to get angsty Judd every time they have a dud of a performance? All right, let me. Or can we categorize them as like, you know what, they're just not that interesting because they're not going to be one of the top teams in the Western Conference. That's kind of how I view them. All right. Now, now let me explain to you. There's There would be a difference between if I came in here and ranted about the entire team from last night, which I did not, and their 2-1 to loss sure. trip to the Jets. It, it was hey, one player. I'm fine it with was, your rant, by It the was way. very much your, 
how I felt today about uh, Dumba's performance and knowing that there's far more there and seeing just how crappy that play was and his game a- as a whole was very much on par with your Wiggy rant a couple of weeks sure. ago. That yeah. was. Oh, I'm not criticizing so, your rant, by the way. So it was a fine rant. So listen, I don't know what to make of this team um, because I've told you for months now, and I firmly believe that because of the cap. And now because of guys being hurt, that they've been sort of stuck. I mean, I, I don't I don't have great expectations here. Do I think they should make the playoffs? Yes, I do. Do I think that they should uh, be near the top of their division again? One, I don't care. And two, the answer is probably no. But the Dumba thing, here's what drove me crazy. Because I was very much on board with trying to keep him. And he was exposed to Vegas in the expansion draft. And I'm like, that that's going to be a big loss. He's got offensive attributes. And I went down the road at that time of, well, he's still young. And and so when, uh, when my guy Fletch worked out the deal to get the Golden Knights to take Hala and then uh, trade for Tuck, I was like, okay, that's fantastic. And then he traded Scandella to Buffalo, which I wasn't a huge fan of because Scandello did give them veteran depth, but they hung on to Dumba, so I, I was excited about that. But much like, and I'm not trying to say that Matt Dumba and Wiggins are the same type of player because Andrew has, I think, far higher expectations. But Matt Dumba was the seventh overall pick in his draft. Yeah. And he's now 23, and he's playing in a ton of games. And to come out and give the performance, not just on on the key play last night, which was awful, but to come out in the second period and embarrass yourself. There was a play last night, the Wilds on the power play, and Dumba basically misses the puck. And it's just that entire game, you're watching it, and we've all heard about how seriously does he take hockey? Is he engaged? Is is he more engaged in being a pro ho- hockey player, or does he enjoy the lifestyle that that affords him? And at 23 in this league now, given the expectations for him, it's time to answer that question. I think if I could take your frustration with Matt Dumba, and I agree, like at some point, at some point, being young is no longer an excuse. I don't. You don't have to be 26 or 28 years old for the light bulb to go on. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Kevin Durant's light bulb went on when he was 20. You know, um, Connor McDavid's light bulb was on at 18, 19 years old. So you don't have to be 27. I get so sick of people. Oh, he's young. He's young. Hello. Like most athletes are young. Well, right. So if you're in the league for three years, that's what I was going to say. Point, it gets to be games played too. And I think if I could take your angst, so. My level of angst for this particular season, I went in thinking, ooh, last year was your shot. That Uh was like you had a a big-time regular season, probably should have had the number one seed, if not for fading a little bit later in the year. Um, Like You should be making a run to the Western Conference Finals, and they couldn't get out of the first round. And so now I look at it almost like 2010 Vikings. All right, well, you might not be a dumpster fire, but that team was. Right. Um, But I'm just – I don't have hopes or expectations for this team. However, the Matt Dumba, that whole collection of young players, and then the collection that's coming behind these guys, that is your hope for another resurgence, right? Starting this season and then maybe opening up another four- to five-year window, if some guys from that group can be more than just complimentary players. Correct. And to this point, even Granlin, they've all been complimentary players. Yes. Granlin's been really good, but he's been a complimentary player. Yep. He's a second-line guy on a top team. Well, yeah, and he disappeared in the playoffs, and I I know in retrospect he was hurt, but okay, so he, so here's the reason for some hope, but this is why 
This is why this group of players, the Dumbas and Grandlands, have to, and Dumba especially, this is why he has to start applying himself and getting it. The group coming in behind them, Eric Sinek, Cunning, Cunning again last night, Phil. I can't tell you. As far as my man crushes in this town go, I'm dead serious. I got one on this kid. This guy is so, I mean. It's getting a little crazy. Yeah. Luke Cunning, though, I'm telling you you're, right now. You're flustered right now. I watch him play, and you see a guy who's who's going to be a captain of this team eventually, and everything that happens doesn't phase him. He scored a goal again last night. He was, this is going to, you might say, uh, shut up here, but last night in the locker room after the game, he's a rookie, okay? So he has he has no responsibility to do this. He stood at his locker and answered questions, and he didn't just say, well, you know, we got to try and do this. He basically laid out what they didn't do right. This is a 19-year-old kid? That's pretty impressive. Sure. So there's a maturity there. There's a maturity there. There's a maturity with this kid on the ice, off the ice, and it's the type of thing. I think what you want on every team is you want a player or a, pl- or a group of players who you feel they've got this thing. So if things start to go wrong, you're like, okay, this guy's gonna this guy's gonna be able to stand up and say, "All right, everyone, calm down. Here's what we need to to do." He's got that it, which is important, but it's also why a guy like Dumba can't get away with this crap. Because what he did last night wasn't just one bad game. It's this inexcusable pattern of, okay, you're either going to get this or you're not. And the and the difficult thing with a guy like that is you are going to get to a point where if you say to yourself, he's not going to get it, you're best off yeah. without him. I mean, it is, man, like their path to the playoffs. So they're already, like I said, last among seven teams in their own division. And once and the game's third, played, because they're still they're a little at, back, Well, they're right? at 10, and and so they've they're, the, most teams have played 11. St. Louis has played 13. Yep. And a couple have played 12. There's like Dallas has played 12, Chicago. Yep. So if you were to lose your next game, you'd be right there at 11 games with, all, with most of the other teams in the Western Conference. So it's uh, Arizona has three points through 13 games they were, at the bottom uh, of the Western Conference. They were winless until night until two nights ago when they blew a three-goal lead against F- Philadelphia and uh, came back and won in overtime. They Oof. are awful. So, I don't know. Th- this year feels more than any other year like such a wide-open Western Conference that there's about six teams you wouldn't be shocked if they nabbed the number one seed, and there's, there's a bunch of teams that ordinarily make it that might have to work a little harder, like Chicago and Minnesota that have been there in the playoffs for a number of years in a row. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't shock me if St. Louis finished with the one seed. L.A. is off to a hot start. Um, I think Vegas probably comes back to earth a little bit, even oh, though they they've do been for sure. super hot. But the question then becomes, okay, because the season itself is not that important in this league. The question becomes, can you get in, and who cares how you do it, can you get in as the 7 or 8 seed and make a run? And now I'm always going to come back to the thing that we've talked about a thousand times, which is can your goaltending get you through? Can your goaltending can do you have enough? So let's say let's say you're the seventh seed, all right? And Parisi's back, and he's not great, but he's okay. And you, you've got your full complement of players. So now what I come back to is can your goaltender win you a game, two games, a series? I still have serious doubts there. Uh, this was Bruce Boudreau after the game last night. Self preparation hasn't been there for a few games right now, and. You know, I mean, we were lucky to be in the position, quite frankly, we were in in the last 10 minutes of the game. It should have been they have two breakaways, maybe three, and uh, 
it could have been three or four nothing going into the third period. And Bruce on benching Dumba. He just hasn't been playing that well. I mean, he's a, he's a good player that maybe I've set the bar pretty high for him, but he hasn't reached that bar. And uh, uh, you know, I just thought that was that was an inexcusable play. And uh, and at some some point, you have to be accountable for your actions. Yeah. And you shortened that thing up. So so he that that goal that uh, that he lost the puck on on the stupid drop pass was forty three seconds into the third period. Boudreaux, at that point, benched Dumba for the rest of the period. He didn't play again, played Suter a ton, which is not surprising and fine. But you went down to five defensemen with two young defensemen because you didn't trust this guy. And and for all people might might want to say Dumba's a young kid, you basically played two guys with less experience over him because of that. You have to scratch him Thursday night. There is no compelling reason not to have him watch that game from the press box because with a guy like that, I'm convinced, you have to get through to him, and it's not going to get through to, to him to, to say, well, okay, I get it, and we benched you for a part of a period, but you're going to play again. I think you guys should sit by each other. I think if Dumba sat next to you during a game in the press box, I think he could learn He lots of popcorn, maybe a pretzel or two. <laughs> Here's how you keep a running gamer going. Be, yeah. Here's how you take notes. Did here's, you see how that guy screwed here's up? Here's how you respond to tweets. Did you see how that guy goofed up? Uh, Dave, what kind of questions do you got for us next? I've got one about the Vikings projecting, since we were all very high on the team with the write that down predictions. And we got to talk a little World Series Game 7 as well. And at 1230-ish, we're going to give away, we'll tell you how, you got to be listening, we're going to give away two pairs of Wild Blackhawks 8th row tickets for this Saturday. It's Mackie and Judd. Mackie and Judd are back. Here we go, we're going live right now. On 1500 ESPN. Now on Mackie and John. Do you believe in past lives? Did we ever really land on the moon? Questions. What are the six degrees that separate you and Kevin Bacon? Of significant importance. Dave Harrigan with some questions. Yeah. Fire them away. Let's do this. In Write That Down, a rare midweek Write That Down, I said the Vikings would be playing in the NFC Championship game. Phil, you said they would not only be playing in it, but leading in the second half. Judd said they would not only play in it, they would win it, and they would advance to the Super Bowl, where Xavier Rhodes would be named MVP of a presumably winning Vikings team. That's accurate. Unbelievable prediction. Boys, <laughs> let's talk about simply the road to getting there through the NFC. Percent chance they don't have to play in the wild card round. Percent chance they are a Ooh. top two seed, so they don't have to win that first one. They get to simply wait for somebody to come to their house for the divisional round. Well, 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 well. I have to look at the standings. Let's see where we're at here. So Philadelphia is out front. That's a 7-1 and one team. So, you know, there's a lot of two-loss teams right now. Vikings are a two-loss team. Saints, Seahawks, and Rams. I think the two best teams in the NFC are the Eagles and the Seahawks, and then the Vikings and the Rams and the Saints are kind of in that prove-it mode where they haven't been among the top teams in a while, and for the Rams, a really long while, right. and so it's up to you to prove it. The Eagles are in prove-it mode, too, but because they're 7-1 and one and they got the best point differential in the NFC, like there's a, there's a lot of good things about the Eagles. Six wins in a row. So I would say... The Vikings are third in line right now, 
you only get two buys, and so they would be like the 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 three seed right now, depending on what happens with them and the Rams. You know, I put it at like a kind of a coin flip right now for the Vikings to get a buy in the first round and then welcome a team to US Bank Stadium in the second round of the playoffs. I'd I'd put it like a forty or fifty percent shot. I don't know what I don't know what the experts would say, but that's my amateur opinion. I uh, I would put it much higher if they hadn't already played five home games and have three left for the rest of the season. So I'm going to say it's about a 25% chance. Because I think the the issue becomes there's so many road games and it's going to be hard with, with the Eagles, I think, with the way they're going at this rate, are certainly going to get a bye. Uh, Seattle wouldn't surprise me, so I'm going to put it up about 25%. And Seattle, so they've won a bunch of games in a row. They've got five home games remaining still. they got a left tackle now. They do. And they also have two games remaining against the Arizona Cardinals with Drew Stanton as the quarterback. Uh, they have a game against San Francisco on November 26th. Yeah, see, that's going to, yep. Now, I think Seattle now, Philly get it. The rest of that schedule, so those are three absolute gimmies, and that gets the Seahawks to eight wins. Uh-huh. They still have Washington, Atlanta, Philadelphia is on their schedule. At Jacksonville is going to be like a 12 to 10 slugfest. Mm-hmm. And at Dallas. So they definitely don't have an easy schedule, but they have three absolute built-in wins and then a bunch of home games the second half of the year. So I don't know if you're going to keep pace with Seattle. And, and to keep pace with and also pass Philadelphia seems like a tall task. So you're definitely not a favorite to get a first-round buy, but you're in there. Well, if you've heard, but there's a ball game tonight, we will wrap up the season. Winner take all. Game seven. Coverage starts at 7 o'clock. Of course, the first pitch right around 720 here on 1500 ESPN. Forget your previous predictions of who would win and how many games it would take. Boys, I want you to start fresh right now. Here's your opportunity. Who wins the game and who's the MVP of the series? Ooh. Um, I'm going to... I am going to stick with what I've have been what I think I predicted and write that down a week ago or last Friday. Dodgers win the game, so Dodgers win in seven. And good math. MVP. I'm thinking through the MVP. MVP. You know what? What the heck? Jack Peterson. <laughs> Jack Peterson has another another home run tonight. He 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 taunts Reavers. By running around the bases, pumping his fist, doing the Johnny Manziel money sign, and he's your MVP. <laughs> Take that, Chris Reavers. Well, I'm on the record saying that Houston scores 10 runs tonight and wins the game. Um, so I, I so I guess it would have to be an MVP from the Astros. Probably not going to be Verlander because they they would give less. Well, if he comes in, but he didn't win yesterday. So I I would I I think because of the outburst in Game Five, it's going to have to go to an offensive player. And the guy who's had the most ridiculous offensive series is George Springer. He's got four home runs in the series. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And, well, he did have a Torrey Hunter moment in center field that cost them a run. But then he came back. Remember that when he dove mm-hmm. inexplicably for a ball where you're just trying to keep runners in front of you? Mm-hmm. Torrey Hunter cost the Twins a playoff game in 2006 doing that. But he came up the next inning and hit a solo bomb like 450 feet. So, in fact, George Springer for the World Series is batting 375 with four home runs and a couple of doubles. Is that good? Yes. That is quality. So, George Springer. Astros win tonight. George Springer right. hits another bomb. And uh, that's your MVP of the World Series. 
All right, you mentioned it, Judd. Jock Peterson trotting around the bases, pumping his fists, thumping his chest, Reverse. arms flailing, giving the nuts. money sign to the Dodger dugout as he crossed uh, third base on his way to home plate. All right, give me your, first of all, your opinion on the antics of Jock Peterson rounding the bases last night after that big seventh inning home run and a play-by-play -play of Reavers' night leading up to his string of <laughs> tweets uh, against Jock Peterson and those trying to defend Mr. Peterson. <laughs> As I go first, yep, right? Sure, okay. uh, well, the play-by-play -play is very simple. Uh, I think Reavers picks up because he does the beer show on <laughs> Thursdays, and so <laughs> he's always trying to... You don't want to take the free samples of those nine percent alcohol by volume beers and then let them go to waste. If you're if if someone's gonna let you sample beers, it's research and development. So he's working, he's multitasking, he's researching for the beer show while watching baseball. I don't fault him. Maybe keep a lock on your keyboard though when you're uh, when tweet. you're tweeting. Don't tweet at the Twins' best hitting prospect right now, Brent Rooker. <laughs> he's like. Calling Brent Rooker out for, for enjoying the Jock Peterson celebration. Reavers, don't drive young Twins prospects out of town here, okay? Odds that, ridiculous. Odds are that, that the 9% beer caused him to not realize who he was tweeting back at. It's possible he didn't. It's very possible. Some in, fact, if, Brent. in fact, if he's here, Reavers, if you could... He's well, he, not here. He's got the day off today. Does he? Okay. He did address oh, him oh, by name, he, though. He did address him, hey, Brent, on Twitter. Yeah, so oh, absolutely. I didn't know he was off today. I... Th I'm worried it was a bad reaction. You got the 9% alcohol in one hand, and he probably had the kids' candy buckets right next to him on the couch where they were in bed. And he's, you know, malted milk balls in one hand and three musketeers and Skittles, and then he's mixing that with beer. That's, ugh, that worries me. Judd, your thoughts? Oh, uh, oh no, part two thoughts. of the question. Oh, yes. Um, which is the MLB, so the, rea the, the reaction to Jock Peterson celebrating and, like, the money sign and how dare he... Here's a great illustration of the difference between the NFL and Major League Baseball. And the NFL, to their credit, has opened up for celebrations. They were the no-fun league for a while, but we get duck-duck, gray-duck celebrations. We get some of the dumbest stuff, and it's regular season games, three-touchdown gap between the teams. It's like week five, and we're getting a snow angel, and we're getting like prop celebrations, and it's and it's fun. And we get the, uh, you know, is it the Steelers doing the home run at home plate? The, swing at the Eagles, right? And <laughs> people turn. love it. And NFL players are, there's no NFL players complaining about the Eagles in week five doing, you know, a batter at the plate celebration in the end zone. They're trying season. to one-up each other. Yes, they're all trying to one-up the celebrations. In baseball, game six, late innings, close game, you know, legacies on the line, biggest games and biggest at-bats of these players' lives. And Jock Peterson goes deep to make it three to one. And he gives you a little flare, a little flare around third base, like just a little something. And he's hopping around. He's excited and outrage for God's sakes. Let baseball players have fun and express themselves and celebrate without Brian McCann waiting for you at home plate or a pitcher pointing to your temple. I'm going to stick this rock right between your eyes. But 95 I, miles. I don't, let him have fun. And in this case, to, to their credit, I don't think the Astros complained at all, right? No, I saw but no like complaints. Fans are mad. Right, but I'm just saying that I think players are now growing used to this. It's fine. Um, the only celebration during the World Series that I raise an eyebrow about 
is when I think the Dodger player th- thought his home run gave them Culberson. the lead. Culberson. And he was celebrating. He thought he tied the game. Like, unnecessarily when they were down. If you're going if you're going to go all out, I'm fine with that, but know the score. So you're not down by one <laughs> and acting like that because that was just sort of goofy. But this is fine, and plus, who cares? I mean, he's going around. It's not like he. It's not like he stopped in the middle of the base pass and did a cartwheel. I mean, come on. And but here's what I want to know: with people like like Chris, where do we draw the line? So like, because he indicated in his tweets that the spontaneous bat flip, I believe, is okay. So the spontaneous bat flip is okay. But the celebration when you're going around the bases and you're doing the money sign is not. I mean, well, the, yeah. the Jose Batista home run in the was it the DS or the CS round from like two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, in Toronto, the Toronto Texas game, right? It was the biggest home run of his life in a playoff game, and he flips the bat and throws the hands up. Yep. Okay, if you score the biggest touchdown of your life to win a postseason game. Not only are you going to celebrate, but your whole team is probably going to come out there and like you know, you're going to have 50 guys in the end zone piling on, and you're going to be doing group celebrations. Right? Why do we care if guys want to celebrate these huge moments? And there's all this pressure on these guys, like Jock Peterson, for instance. There's all this pressure on him. He's maybe underperformed a little bit this year, oh, and there was some huge, down, yes. yeah, huge expectations. No and he hits the biggest home run of his life in a World Series game. So yep. for anyone who's looking at him and saying. I know that's the biggest moment of your professional life, but you need to now check your emotions. Well, and you did, you need to make sure that that you're that you're not celebrating to the full extent. Like, and we also and we also can't say you know what makes the World Baseball Classic great the celebrations, the teams, the fans are all engaged, and no, it's fantastic. Be, ro- be more robotic. But there were people saying it's fantastic, it's great, and then I think those same people are saying, but in a World Series, you got to tone it down. Yeah, it's like no, that doesn't work, and. This also comes back to what I continue to bring up, which is whether a guy like me likes it or not, if you're a 22-year-old watching that game last night, you're thinking, this is pretty cool. If Jack Peterson puts his head down and he rounds the bases very stoically and runs as quick as he can and touches home plate, guess what? You're thinking, okay, it's a home run. Yeah, I hope Jose Altuve hits a ninth-inning home run tonight and then rides his bat around the bases like a horse and just like... 30 seconds, just right, and then like stall between first and second base and turn around to, to right field. Just have fun. It's, it's fun. It's all entertainment. Like, who cares? Right. Like, you ever go to a movie and think, boy, I wish those. I wish I wish those actors weren't having as much fun a, in this hangover movie. Like, it's entertainment. You bring up an intriguing point. Why is Chris trying to drive away the Twins' top prospects? I mean, Reavers is actively trying to alienate top prospects. Trolling Brent Rooker on Twitter. Not even trolling, just like aggressively no, going at Brent Rooker. Basically on said, you don't know what you're talking about, young man. If Brent Rooker decides at the table in five years that he's not going to sign that long term contract extension because local radio hosts and producers are way too hard on him and troll him on Twitter, Reavers, I hope you bank this. This is your fault if Brent Rooker plays for the Yankees in six years. <laughs> uh, let's give away some wild tickets. We need five callers, but we might need more than that. So if you don't get on the line, 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Be waiting by the phone. We'll explain how you can win Wild Blackhawks' eighth-row tickets for Saturday. When we come back, it's Mackie and Judd, little uh, midweek game show Friday. Uh, Luther Brookdale Toyota has been a friend of the Mackie and Judd show for quite some time, going back to probably about 2010 or 11. 
on this radio station. And a friend of my family's going back to the 1980s, the first car I remember our family bringing in was a baby blue 1986-87 Celica, where the uh, the headlights flipped up like eyelids. And ever since then, myself, my late mother, my stepdad, even my dad, uh, we have all bought and sold and traded and had cars serviced at Luther Brookdale Toyota. And it's because mostly because the people are the friendliest and smartest in the business. They make you feel like family. They've got your back. You don't have to worry about anyone pulling a fast one or overcharging and being shady. Like none of that stuff. There's a reason why my family and I haven't even thought twice about going away from Luther Brookdale Toyota for uh, multiple decades. 694 and Brooklyn Boulevard and LutherBrookdaleToyota.com. Phil Mackey. He's got the body language of a whiner. Judd Zolgad. Every time he opens his mouth, it's a garbage dumpster of crap coming out of it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. Game Show Friday. It is Game Show Friday on a Wednesday with Mackey and Judd. Here are the Hump Day hosts, Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgan. Happy Hump Day, as Doogie would say. Yes. Doogie in tomorrow. You and I are off tomorrow. Doogie and Joe Schmidt are going to be in. So it's like yeah. four hours of scoops tomorrow. Nothing but information. Just straight up information and uh, Doogie blowing through commercial breaks. And then Dave getting mad. And Dave, <laughs> Dave fiercely Welcome trying to, to tell him to go to break. <laughs> so... We have two pairs of wild Blackhawks tickets for this coming Saturday at the XL Energy Center, eighth row. These ain't like sticky up in the upper deck no, tickets. No, these are good tickets. This is a breathe on the glass over someone's shoulder, eighth row tickets at the X. Wild Blackhawks, both up to slow starts, but it's a good rivalry. And um, your chance to win is right now. We have five guys on hold, Thomas, Matt, John, Mike, and Pat. But we might need more than that. So Dave's going to explain the game here in a second or tell us what it is. Be by your phone if you want to win these tickets because we generally go through more than five callers. 651-646-8255-877-615-1500. Dave, what game will these fellows be playing today? Well, fellas, Thomas, Matt, John, Mike, Pat, and anyone else who can join us, get ready for a very special Minnesota Wild edition and... With a little twist of Steal the Loot. Steal the Loot is the game being played. So we have six questions, all wild related questions. Mm -hmm. Whoever gets questions five and six correct, and we're going to have two different winners here, wins the tickets. But you got to climb the ladder to get there. So we're going to start off with Thomas on line one. Thomas, how well do you know your wild trivia? Uh, I would say... Decent. Uh, if it was North Stars trivia, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. I'm a big okay. fan of Thomas's right now. Yeah, Judd has been living in the past I'm as with well you, for a long time. <laughs> but Thomas, here's how this works. So you're in a little bit of a tough spot in that you have to get five questions right to win the tickets. But it starts with one. So if Thomas gets the first one correct, then we go on to question two. If Thomas gets the second one incorrect, we hang up on Thomas and then we go to line two and we pick up on question two. Whoever gets the fifth and sixth questions correct will steal the loot and get the eighth row wild tickets. Thomas, are you ready? 
Yeah, one quick set thing before we start it. With Seal the Loot for Future, I think that you should be rewarded for having the quick trigger on the phone call and go reverse order of who called in. You know what we could do? It's it's a good point. We could get the five callers on, and then we could just like start with line four at some point. We'll take uh, note of that, Thomas. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can get five out of the six at least and get myself in if not, then you are a sacrificial lamb here for future Steal the Loot progress, and we appreciate that. Thank you. Question number one. Who is the Wilds' leading scorer for this season through the first handful of games? Are we talking total points or just goals? If Phil read the question correctly, he would see it says goal oh, scorer. Sorry. Leading, oh, well, leading. <laughs> Judd, I think it was you or it might have been uh, Royce that was talking about there's no way this guy's going to score 25 goals. He's kind of a guno, Mr. Stewart. Uh, Mr. Stewart is correct. correct. In fact, Judd and I have a write that down. Uh, I'm putting him on 25 goals, so it was not me. It must have been Royce. I said he ain't going to score 15. By the end of the year, he's going to regress. But uh, so, All right, so question number two here, Judd. All right, Thomas, question two. Who was the second head coach in Wild franchise history? Jacques Lemaire. And we move on. Ooh. Well, thanks all right, for we have an open line. So 651-646-8255. Matt is on the line. Matt, who was the second head coach in Wild franchise history? Oh, uh, uh, Minnesota guy, Rich. Uh, Three no. seconds. Two. Don't have it. One. Have it. All right. Oh. All right. We're off and running here. John on line three. Hi there. How you doing? Good. What's going on, John? Who is the second head coach in Wild franchise history? Oh, God, I can't think of it. Um, all I can think of is uh, either Bob Woods or Darby Hendrickson. I'm going to say Bob Woods. Nope. Oh. Who is Bob Woods? Bob Woods. Robert Wo- Robert Woods what, was yeah. a receiver. He's a receiver. Who was Bob Woods? I don't. All right. I don't know. Let's go to uh, Mike here on line four. Hi, Mike. Richards. That is a winner. We'll go with it. Todd Richards. Uh, so Mike is in the seat. Whoever gets questions five and six correct wins the eighth row Wild Blackhawks tickets. And we are on question three here. The Wild's first regular season game came on October 11th of what year? <laughs> October 11th would be 2001. 2001 is incorrect. On to caller number five here, Pat. 651-646-8255. As callers drop off, you can jump in and steal the loot. Pat, what year was the Wilds' first regular season game? The date was October 11th. It's a guess. Year 2000. Yeah, way to go. All right, next question for you, Pat. Who has played the most games for the Wild in the history of the team? Who has played the most games for the Wild in the history of the franchise? Number nine, Koivu. Very good. Miko Koivu. All right, we have reached our first money question here. Tickets on the line for Pat, and we're going to have two different winners here. So whoever gets the next two questions right, we're going to give away eighth row Wild Blackhawks tickets. Pat, here's your shot. What is the Wild's current record? Oh, do I need to get the overtime? The immoral victories? Yes, yeah, you, you need do. to get everything. <laughs> I don't even know how many games they've played. Let's go. Uh, three seconds. Three. 
Let's go two, eight, or three. Nope. <laughs> sorry. Nope. Three, nine. Nope. Sorry. Uh, all right. Jim, you're playing Steal the Loot here. What is the Wild's current record? Four. Four and one. Six five one six four six eight two five five eight seven seven six one five fifteen hundred. Hey Kent. 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 Kent, are you there? I mean, Kent's off. Kent's not there. Kent's off. All right, who's next? Uh, on to David. Are you ready to play Steal the Loot, David? I am. It's a wild guess, Ken. Of course, that's appropriate. Yep. Three, four, and two. Three, four, and two. Nope. Is incorrect. We are on to a caller nine here. Mike, what is the Wild's yep. current record? Blackhawks Wild tickets, eight row seats on the line right now, if you get this right. Uh, four, six, and one. And this is the state of hockey. Who are you people? We were raised oh, in the state with fake the... hockey All right. fans. All right. You fake, we, you fake hockey fans. I bet people know the Wolves record. People we, are Googling us furiously uh, right now. Uh, we got Don on line uh, five here. Don. Don, what's the Wilds record for tickets? This is embarrassing. Somebody, this is the state of hockey. Somebody, go to the Google. Go to the standings. This is embarrassing. This isn't that hard to find by this point. Yeah, people are so All in you love do with is hockey in the state. They don't even know the Pioneer Press Wild's Star record. We have Wild Blackhawks tickets. It's steal the loot. We are on the Can money I question. I want these tickets. Adam, what's the Wilds record right now? Uh, the four, four, and two. Yeah! Oh, All right, Adam. Stealing the loot, caller number 11. That was... Okay. All right, Adam, we're going to throw you on hold, and you have won eighth row Wild Blackhawks tickets. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Good work. That was easy. Enjoy the game. All right. Usually we stop the game right now. No, not, not today. today. Uh-uh. Nope. We're in a giving mood. We have another pair of Wild Blackhawks tickets, eighth row, Saturday, for whoever answers this next question correctly. Let's leave Adam on line one there. All right, who we got? Mike... Are you ready? Yes. All right. Judd's got it Here's for you. Here's the question, Michael. How many times have the Blackhawks knocked the Wild out of the playoffs? Uh, three. He says three. And three is? Correct. That is an yes. easy win. Nice work. Nice guess. All right. Good awesome job. work, Mike. That's what you do. You lay in the All weeds right. like Adam and Mike, I'm and d- you swoop in 10 minutes into the segment, and you steal the damn loot. I'm serious here when I ask this question. How does nobody look up the wild record? We just went through like six calls. Oh, I think we went through maybe more than that. All right. That was like, amazing. But how do you not just look up the record? That's it's not like you got to go to driving. There's a lot going on. As I said once again, for two tickets, a throw, how do you not look up the record? <laughs> you risk life and limb for those tickets. Well, you just take one eye off the road. You keep one eye on it. You put the reading glasses on. You can, it's doable. It is. Not safe, but uh, it's doable. That's a fun game. I like that game. I'm just glad we had the tickets to give away. Those are good tickets. Yep. Eighth row, Wild Blackhawks. Awesome. Mackie and Judd here. And uh, we'll come back, wrap up the show. Phil Mackey, Judd Zolgad. I think it's false advertising, and the FCC should do something about it. Mackey and Judd on 1500 ESPN. WWE 2K18 is out now. Get in the action. Step into the ring and experience the most realistic 
WWE game to date. WWE 2K18 delivers the largest roster in WWE gaming history, including superstars like John Cena, Brock Lesnar, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Undertaker. WWE 2K18 from 2K. Get it now on all major video game platforms. It's rated T for Teen and head to the 1500 ESPN stream player to find out how you can win your very own copy. The Rock knows how you feel about pie. Musgrove into the wine. Here's a pitch. Peterson in the fly ball to left. Well hit. Back at the wall. Gonzalez lets it go out. Peterson delivers again. What a World Series for Jock Peterson. Jumping for joy. Rounding third. Heading home. The Dodgers lead 3-1. to one. We can guarantee that you're going to be in Game 7 of the World Series ever again. So... Come ready to play. You have your best attitude, your best opportunity. All right. Game seven tonight, 721st pitch, 7 o'clock pregame right here on 1500 ESPN. Uh, are you on, on your sports excitement scale? Where does this game fall? It is a game seven, and it's, it's yeah, the it's Dodgers. Yeah, it's pretty high. I mean, it's not... Um... It, I mean, it's not like I love these teams, so I wouldn't say it's super high, but it's going to be fun. It's been a great series, and it's been a weird. It's been a weird one. I thoroughly expect something odd to take place tonight, don't you? I I, I don't. I mean, it's just it's been a weird enough series, and there've been a, enough goofy games where I think we're going to see something. Yeah, that you that you weren't necessarily expecting happen tonight. I think I think managers and well and general managers who are obviously directing managers to make these pitching moves are really putting themselves out there for second guessing and like some of the things we're seeing go opposite of what baseball managers have been doing for a century and I'm not saying that what they're doing now is wrong just because it's different I'm a big analytics guy and I think we've jumped the shark like Justin Verlander last night my first thought was Oh, he gave up a couple runs and now they're going to pull him out of the game and they have more incentive to do that because it's a National League uh, National League lineups, which means you got to make a decision. Do you want Verlander to hit second in the upcoming inning? But, right. you know, tonight I think you're going to have a quicker hook on the starting pitchers, McCullers and right. Darvish, because they're not quite as established horses like Justin Verlander and even Clayton Kershaw. But I thought last night, boy, I'd probably, now that the leadoff guy got on here in the seventh, even though Verlander gave up a couple runs, I think he gives you a better shot to go scoreless in the seventh and scoreless in the eighth if you leave him in. I might just bunt the runner over to second base, and then people are like, "Well, you know, never bunt, right?" But if you have a this, this is the conundrum. If you have a hitter in Justin Verlander, whose main ability is to maybe lock down the next two innings as a pitcher, right? And his batting average as a hitter is like a hundred. Yep. I don't want him grounding into a double play or like I want that runner at second base when his at bats over. See the intrigue, and of the I want him in the game. Bat. The intrigue of the pitcher. Ha- you're on a counter on on it. You're right. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Did that not come up? Did How about that we not just have up? DHs so Verlander can pitch eight innings last night, and then we'd all be uh, we'd all be happier. Here's the interesting thing about what's happening in baseball right now, because baseball for years and years has had so many traditions and traditional thought processes, right? I think what's interesting about baseball is I think you can make a case. No sport is changing as quickly now. But, like, football changes are constant. Like, you think about adapting in football. And adapting in football has been um, an ongoing process for how many, how many years? Years and years and years. What's interesting is baseball has certainly had some changes. 
but I don't think it's ever had changes like this where the game is evolving and and thought processes are having to be yeah. turned on their heads. Yeah, so if we keep going down the path of, like, the Dodgers are very strict about not letting most of their starting pitchers face a lineup through the, the third time through unless the, unless they're up six to nothing and they can, you know, get a couple innings out of them. If it's a close game, they're much more likely, especially in these playoff scenarios where you get the built-in off days, to bring in a reliever. How far do we take that in the regular season? Do, do we just have... Unless you're Clayton Kershaw or Justin Verlander and you're very trustworthy for seven or eight innings the third, fourth time through the order. Yeah, I don't know. Too, do we just not know. have, like, we have starting pitchers because someone's got to start the game, but do we just not have six or seven inning guys anymore? I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I, but then you then you blow out your bullpen and guys' arms start to fall off. Because when those guys come in, the Morrows and the Ken Giles, who, who pitched again? They're last throwing night, by the way. at 100%, you know, full oh, capacity. By the way, I've got a prediction. Ken Giles, for sure this is going to happen. Next March or April, Tom Rinaldi will do a heart-tugging feature on Ken Giles. Is that not the most certain thing ever? Doesn't Tom Rinaldi just do college college football? Well, no, I, guess I thought he, he did time. sort of that, but I'm saying Ken Giles, Ken Giles well, has been removed as the closer. He's basically, he's the only guy in an era where we value pitching and, and we and teams use pitcher after pitcher after pitcher. Ken Giles has lost his way. He's lost his job. He was the closer for what could be the World Series champion, and I can almost guarantee you he won't pitch tonight. Do he is need, a Tom okay, Rinaldi like, feature waiting to happen. But, uh... And then, Who, Ken, and the, then Ken Giles. The two, the two accepted his fate. I don't know if it rises to. I'm just telling you, I got a feeling. Uh, I'd love to see a Tom Rinaldi feature on uh, Byung Hyung Kim, the 2001 Diamondbacks closer, who basically it was never the same again after the Yankees took him yep. yard a bunch of games in a row. I got some breaking news for you to end today's Whoa. radio show. Whoa. Ron Gardenhire rounding out his coaching staff. He has a bench coach. Do you care to guess who oh, Ron yes. Gardenhire's bench coach is? Uh, Joe Favre's on the staff, not the bench coach, though. All right, I am going to and Rick guess Anderson is on the staff Dave, as a as a Dave can guess. Coach. Dave can guess too if he wants. I'm going to guess Scotty Alger. Might be too obvious, uh, but I'm uh, going to guess that. Hold on, let me try this again. Uh, Dave. That's exactly who I was going to go with. So, okay, go through it again. Vavra's already on the staff. Rick Anderson's on the staff. Uh, Chris Bazio is the pitching coach. Hmm. It sounds like Lloyd McClendon is joining Ron Gardenhire's staff, too, according to MLB.com. Uh, another, another old school baseball guy. But uh, but he hired a bench coach. He hired a bench coach. Steve Little? Yeah! Yes! Yes! The third base coach, right? Who who had the low wave home? Uh, go, go, stop, stop, go! No, 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 stop, no! He's bringing the band back together. Okay. He's got he's got Steve Little. Is Andy back officially? I don't know if it's official, but I that's thought, the rumor that he was going to be coach. the ben, the bullpen coach. Yeah. Oh, that was so Vavra, good. Thank little, you. Thank you. you know, I, oh to be God. perfectly honest, I would have gone with uh, Scotty Alger first too. But I mean, come on, Steve Little. That's incredible. Go! No, don't go! I, I can't decide! Good Just for Guardy. Good for Guardy. Get get the boys back together. But he's changed. <laughs> but he's changed. <laughs> All right. Mackie and Judd, find anything you missed on demand. iTunes, you can subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. It helps the show. And uh, 1500ESPN.com show page.